Thank you for listening to the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast. We here at the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast are simply fans of hockey, the New Jersey Devils, and professional wrestling, and are not to be considered as insiders or news reporters. Please note that opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of its hosts and occasional guests. Listener discretion is advised. Whether it's talk about the state of hockey. Just conversing about the world of professional wrestling. Oh my God! Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh no. Oh, here we go. Or other pop culture phenomenon. Rob and Dave give you, the listener, their uncensored opinions on the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast. The first period starts right now. this is it's not the old west i know that much no it's brian christopher <laughs> grandmaster sexy no you know what i i didn't want to play rikishi's theme song what's up folks it's rob and dave high sticks and super kicks podcast we are paying tribute to the death of a famous wrestler here famous Rhymes with anus. Where <laughs> his career was. Jerry Lawler's kid. That's what made him famous, apparently. The only thing that made him famous. Uh, four episodes in, and we're still doing this shit. Welcome to High Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Get us on iTunes. By now, it should be up on the Google Play Music Store. Hopefully soon on Spotify. Then we're going to be filthy rich. Yeah. rich we're always filthy money we just try to keep it you know any money's good any money's good oh man so how's it going man not exciting week in hockey i'll tell you that much no we have a lot a lot of stuff here that's stale yes <laughs> a lot of stale news stories. like if there was any other stories we'd totally be skipping dan hemus going to nashville for two years oh, absolutely what else would we skip? Um, pretty much everything the here. The Islanders naming their goalie coach uh, that they took from from Toronto. But yep. Yeah, but I think they also brought Mitch Corn, who was uh, the big guy down in Washington. So I think Mitch Corn is the president of the goaltending problems in the Islanders, which there are many of. Right. And this guy's the actual goaltending coach. I think he took over for Freddie Brathwaite. Which also leads into a topic today. 
Does it? It does. How far down the list do we go on that one? Freddie Brathwaite will go with the uh, the NFL NHL anthem. Oh, cool! There's a little sneak peek at that. Yeah, so we got some little NHL news and, and tidbits that went over. Uh, Trevor Linden steps down as uh, what president of hockey operations for uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. That's sad, because like he's he's the, the Canuck. He was. He really was the face of that team playing and then he went to the islanders for a little bit and then he came back um but the shit show that is vancouver right now is might be his fault because as president he might be the person to blame well he definitely is the person to blame one way or the other because he either a allowed all of those bad contracts louis erickson for Till he's seventy-five years old, playing, mm-hmm. and or and the trades that they made, like them signing Roussel and Jay Beagle for four years, like four million dollars each. If he allowed those trades, he's an idiot. It's his fault, right? If he didn't step up and have a backbone to say to the GM Jim Benning or the pres or the owner of the team, right. don't do this. This isn't good then it's his fault too. Mm-hmm. So him just stepping away to go, I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes something big with the NHLPA. Okay. Because he, he was during the lockouts and the strikes. Plural, <laughs> plurals. Um, he, he was a big part of like the negotiation teams on behalf of the players. So him, Matthew Schneider, uh, Chris Chelios, those guys were big into it. And I so, know Matthew Schneider is really a big part of the NHLPA, so I wouldn't be surprised if Trevor Linden is. So then what, what would they do at that point? Do they just take all their information, funnel it up to the former MLB guy and say, hey, talk to Batman about this? Is that how it kind of works? He might be like the liaison. Between players and... Between the players and the main guy. So they might have Trevor Linden go team to team to team to say, you know, squirrel your money away because mm-hmm. there might be a lockout and don't worry we're not going to let them take away your signing bonuses kind of shit right and until the next cba comes rolling around then you know we're going to be out 82 games yep. which i wonder if i renew oh they sit on your money that's what they did for you for back in the day uh-huh. they sit wow. on your money and collect interest on it oh hey Hopefully that'll bring the price of hot dogs down. No, but no. no? Okay. More do- Were there dollar dogs at all this year? No, I think there haven't been any in like the last couple of years. Yeah. So there you go. <clears throat> so you have Trevor Linden um, stepping aside, as well as Jerome Iginla finally retires. There was a story that came out that um, yesterday, yeah, right. one of the guys um, up in up in Calgary were like, "Well, do we re-sign Iginla for a year? Do we have go after Yager? Let's go after Yager." <sighs> I also think Aginla was looking to get on the Canadian team to play in the Olympics, but I don't know if maybe he wasn't ready. Maybe I know he was skating last year, mm-hmm. but I don't think he ever signed with anybody. I don't remember him coming up. The last, the last I remember him was in a Kings uniform. And I was yeah, there. I, I remember him skating. Uh, he he was a great player. Again, you know, tying into our issue later in the show, but uh, top. He's definitely one of the top ten players of the late nineties through. The 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, after 2008, 2009, when he became a journeyman, he went to Pittsburgh for a while, then he went to 
Boston for a while. Mm-hmm. And then he went Colorado, was it for a, for a spin for a cup of tea? For, yeah, and then he was in LA. He, it's sad when you see a really good player like that who I close my eyes and I, if you were to say Jerome McGinley, I just picture Calgary. Mm-hmm. I nothing would else, nothing else. But uh, I'm sure if, I don't know if he lives up in the Alberta area, but I'm sure that Calgary would give him a, some sort of job. Oh, sure, in the front office. Yeah, I mean, it worked out so well with Trevor Linden, so why wouldn't it work out with Jerome McGinley? <laughs> what else do we have? Yeah, we, we talked about the Islanders poaching people. Dan Hamhui getting two years for... That's a waste of money. Two and a half? To be a se- he's getting paid two and a half million, so he's getting five million over two years to be their sixth, seventh defenseman. I mean, it's good for him. Right. Bad, bad for uh, Nashville. I, I think it's bad for Nashville. I think you're going to see Nashville has this coming year, next year, and then you'll see the Chicago-like decline. Right. Too much money tied up. Those guys will get old. And I mean, look, I was even talking about wanting to get Hamley on the Devils for like a PTO. A no. one-year deal with like no, with absolutely no, no trade clause because you for can that dump money. it. Not for that money. Right. Not for that money. So for the, with the Isles poaching, what? so Lou poached from the Devils, right? Or he wanted to. He wanted to get a, allegedly wanted to get Schneider, right? He has his ties with with uh, Mr. Gomez as one of his assistant coaches. Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise. Um, he's got his kid working the minor leagues as their, as their GM. Mm-hmm. Then he poaches Toronto. I'm surprised Stevens wasn't hasn't past, gone over there. Hasn't gone there. Well, who's who's the, who's the Islanders' defensive coach? I I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't don't, tell you who the Islanders' coaches are other than Trotz and Gomez, and Mitch Korn. Maybe that's the only three they have. Lou's yeah. going to coach the defense from up in the box. Yeah, headsets and every player's <laughs> helmet. No, he's going to do finger gestures, <laughs> and it's not the middle finger. Yeah, I'm sure it will be the middle <laughs> finger. <laughs> Uh, the Wild goes after Zucker for five years, 2.7, 27.5 million. Sorry, that's 5.5 average. That's that's a lot of money. That, what was it? So so that's what, 5.5 for him. There was, what, 5-plus last week for uh, uh, Trumba, right? Yeah, he's on Winnipeg. Or Dumba, whatever. Dumba. Either one, you know you know who I mean. That That's 10 mil in two players for... And then you add the Parisi... Suter contracts, and then you add, I'm sure, uh, Michael Granlin is making some decent money there, and I'm sure Nino Niederreiter is going to make some decent money. Mm-hmm. I, again, another another Chicago scenario. They're going to they're gonna be handcuffed. I just thought, I mean, he's a good player. I know he does a lot for the community in Minnesota and stuff, uh, children's hospital things, but, man... Five and a half million for a guy who just had his career year. Wasn't that what usually happens? You're oh, you're, yeah. you're you're walk you're, you you know you're a you're an all star you're you're a heart you know trophy candidate and then you get your monster contract and then you just come back down to earth. Right. Like if you think about it with with Taylor Hall, if you think that Taylor Hall is not going to try to be better than he was last year. Because this is his contract year. Mm-hmm. But what happens if he sucks? Our our fan base will blow up. 
And I don't mean sucks in the sense that like he scores seven goals and fifteen assists. No, he, I mean like he drops off to like he drops off to seven, sixty points. Yeah. Well, and and that's you, it. Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, but what do you do with Shiro when you go like? Or what if he gets hurt in training camp and he's out? I mean, knock on wood. What what power does he have to negotiate? He doesn't. He doesn't. So so his major four or five mil plus upgrade over what he gets so his, cut in half. His eight and a half to ten and a half million dollar contract goes down to seven eight seven and a half, eight million. Yeah. That's I mean, a lot of that's Oh man, that sucks for him. But... <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, Jersey taxes and everything, you know. <laughs> yeah, go to Florida then. There you go. That's why everybody's running to Florida. With the exception of Tom Wilson. You want to talk about screwed up contracts, in my opinion. In my opinion. There was stuff going around. Oh, he was trying to work on a three to four year deal. Even that, I think, is too much. No, he gets six. Yeah, but his six contract's years. really, really, really like... Front loaded? No, it's set up so... It, I mean, he does get signing bonuses. But it's really weird. Like, the first three years of his contract, he has a no trade clause where he... Ten teams he refuses to go to. Okay. The last three years, it's seven teams. Like, why? Yeah, why? <laughs> why? Like that must have been added in by the team, but I mean, the way he plays, it's going to turn out one or two ways. He's going to become a kind of headache for them, with the sense that they're always going to be shorthanded, or he's going to be suspended uh-huh. because of his hits and. They're going to slap their head going, what did we do? Yeah. Or he's going to be hurt all the time because of the way he plays. And that he's going to be the David Clarkson sit on the side, you know, long-term IR where they're not going to pay him. Let me rephrase it. They're going to pay him, but it's not going to hurt against their cap. He really is like a Clarkson, Darcy Tucker kind of player where he's an agitator. He gets under your skin. He'll fight. He'll chip in his 20 plus goals his 20 plus assists but the shelf life on those guys is shorter than the average player let's just say he goes after Marshan, knocks Marshan out you don't think charles gonna just charge after him and beat the hell out of him right and, and then that, where does that six six years at five go yeah I, it, but that's that's the nature of the game i mean but even I they, would be pissed if I was on Washington and he lays it. I mean, I wouldn't be pissed if he laid out Brad Marchand. But if I had to get between, like, I had to try to stop Chara. <laughs> like, I'm going to hold this guy. How, how, exa- <laughs> how exactly would you do that? Would you just be, like, pulling at his strap in the back, trying to get the, uh, the, the equipment penalty? I'm pretty sure my face would be right above his junk if it were real life. <laughs> and... <laughs> I, I, I get, it, would, it, it would be like me trying to push through nine and three quarters wall here to get to fucking Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> and then him looking down. Hey, kid, you want to shift to move it to the right? <laughs> uh, another one that we don't have on there was Kevin Hayes yesterday. Oh, with the Rangers. That's so right. Yeah. One year, five million, five plus. Uh, he's going to get traded. Yeah, that's one of those. You're going to be here three quarters of the year, and like, we're going to ship you out at the trading like we deadline. Off, we offered you this. You declined it. You know what? If you want to stay, show us by putting up shit. Yes. If you don't, you're out. We'll trade you at the deadline, and they'll they'll probably they they should be able to get 
at least a second round pick. Um, they him. also um, signed what? Um, how, did, how did he say his name? Krejci? No. Um, the, the, the Rangers? Yeah. Uh, not David Krejci. No, but the, the, the weird name. Yeah. Who cares? The Rangers suck. There you go. Way to bring in the New York fan base there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The smattering of people. Oh. So but what's that, next? I, I just you look at just the numbers, they're outrageous. You, can you tell a lockout is coming? It's like a boatload of money being thrown around. Yeah, but it's all signing bonuses that they get regardless of a lockout. Oh, man. So speaking of being locked out, <laughs> segue. But up on. All right. So in in since it's such, um, how do you say, it? entertaining and exciting times here in the NHL, cricket, cricket, cricket. Yeah. Um. Word came out from from our team, the the New, New Jersey Devils backup, somewhat starter Keith Kincaid, started blocking Devil fellow Devil fans because he went on a Rangers podcast. So what? What's a Rangers <laughs> podcast? A Rangers like if, podcast. Like if Kevin Hayes <laughs> came on our podcast, are we a Devil podcast or are we a hockey podcast? No, I would say we're a Devils podcast. <laughs> See, I would say we're a hockey podcast. But it it made me chuckle and then get pissed to see fans up in, up in arms about a player, one, blocking them on social media, okay, and two, getting pissed because in their own personal time, in their own offseason, they decide to do something that you absolutely hate. The only people that should be pissed are the devil's organization. Like, why would they allow that? Well, what if it's just a fan thing? Right. If it's just a fan thing, like he's from New York. Maybe it was a New York podcast that talked about Rangers hockey a lot. But who cares? The guy can it, do whatever the hell he wants. It's not like he's the the uh, Guardian of the Galaxy guy tweeting, you know, shit. It, it, if he wants to go on a podcast, if he wants to block you, who gives a shit? If he wants to put a poop emoji on your wall or whatever <laughs> the hell it is, who cares? I, but I just, I, I don't under, when you get to that level of fandom where you care so much about a player blocking you on social media. Or that he went on a, a different team's podcast and you felt the need to comment go, on that. Go back four years when Lou Lamarillo ran this team. Do you think Keith Kincaid would be the emoji guy at this point? No. No. Well, yeah, but that's, that's different. It's it times are changing, and I think even Lou sees that. Um, but but if you, I, I I don't follow many players. I do follow Keith Kincaid. I don't know if he blocked me. I don't really give a shit one way or the other. But if you still see his tweets, you are not blocked. I don't know if he's tweeting now. I don't like. I'm not one of those people that <laughs> refresh, refresh, refresh. Who, who who has to keep? Oh, did Keith Kincaid? tweet some more emojis i don't think i'm blocked because i kept seeing the pictures of him and paul mary down the shore ah uh, for the uh, beach blast that the, the team's doing yeah, yeah. I, I it boggles my mind it, it it also goes around that the story of of that quote-unquote kincaid couple or whatever that stalked players up and down route 21 and 80 and 280 going back to their homes after practices and shit like that it's bad enough, and I'll say bad enough like air quotes. It's bad enough when you stand outside the arena for four or five hours after the game waiting for somebody to sign an autograph. And really, that only autograph you get is not a Keith Kincaid. It's not a Taylor Hall because he probably took his limo at the third back door. 
you're getting some fourth line player. So if you're crazy enough to want to stand out there and get autographs, by all means. That when was it me get, in high school. When, okay, but when it gets to a point where you're you're so addicted to them off of social media that you need that, I don't know, you need that constant stroke of affection, of attention, of whatever from a, from a sports player, and and get up in arms. In general, I think that makes at least the Devils fan base look terrible. Yeah, but they're not the only ones. I mean, there's I'm sure in every city there's there's fans that follow that know the hotel that they're staying at. The Devils media guide back in the 90s and stuff used to have every team and, you know, the stats against probably what Doc or whoever uses as statistics. Right. Um, had would tell you, like, what hotel the team stays at when they're in New Jersey. See, and, and ooh, look at the times changing, right? Back then, that was okay. Yeah. Who's going to go to the hotel? Like, li- 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 But people did. Like, what, maybe a handful, maybe ten? Puck bunnies. Okay. Now it's like hundreds, thousands of people that are that could potentially yep. stalk. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Pardon and my then, French, but jeez. As a player, you have to be pissed that people, the autograph hounds. You bring, I was just going to mention Yammer Yager. The story that I heard is that he went out from a game and somebody said, hey, can you sign one of these pucks? And he said, no, F you. And the guy was like, what the hell? Why? He goes, because it's idiots or a-holes like yep. you who, who get my signature and sell it on eBay for hundreds yep. and thousands of dollars, and I get screwed. And it's not just the professional athletes. I know Ringo came out like five, six years ago, and he goes, if you see me in public, if you meet, if you get backstage passes and you, you get to meet me and stuff, don't ask me for an autograph because I'm not giving it to you. He said, because I'm tired of seeing me sign an autograph and he goes I started putting like a little number on the bottom of my name very smart so that all of a sudden I see it 12 hours later and this autograph's up on eBay or Amazon yeah. or whatever he goes it's not worth it. It's, it it's not fair to the player because now they're not getting whatever potential autograph signing thing that they get for that listen hockey players aren't like you know Oh my gosh! I got you know uh, an NFL or Major League Baseball or or wrestler's signature or whatever. They're hockey players, right? They're almost probably on the same level level autograph wise, you know, minus the Gretzky's and the Lemieux and, and that type. Like MLS, like hockey, uh, hockey and soccer players in this country, yeah, in this country. But still, you're you're screwing them out of some type of livelihood, but yep. or potential, you know. They're going to sign, you know, at the beginning of the season, training camp starts. They're sitting there for probably a day, day and a half, just signing, you know, yeah. 150 pieces of, of One of the coolest things is when they used to do the training camp in South Mountain, mm-hmm. in West Orange. And they were open. Like, you used to just go. Pop on in. And- go in, and you could watch. I remember I was in high school, and we, we went to South Mountain, and the Devil's training camp had just started, and I saw Mike Peluso and Randy McKay walking in. The team is on the ice. Right. They're just walking in. And, you know, I was a wise-ass 15-year-old. <laughs> oh, boy. And I kind of was like, uh, why are you guys late? How, how come you're not on the ice? And they're like, yeah. He goes, do you want the real answer? Do you want the answer we're going to give them? <laughs> and all you could smell was some bourbon on him. Vic, no, was Vic's vapor rub. Okay. So he goes, we're going to tell them we're sick. And my buddy goes, sick? And he goes, yeah. He goes, we're hungover. 
He goes, we put the Vicks Vapor Rub on our chest just to uh, throw off the scent that we're hungover. Gotcha. So going the old grandma's method, put this Vicks on your chest and your cold will miraculously go away. Yeah, except it was just a way to cover up the fact that they didn't have a cold. <clears throat> they probably just walked it straight from the bar. That That's... See, that's stories like that. that, that bring... Yeah, you, you don't hear that anymore. You should. You should. <laughs> you should. There are other podcasts, though, where professional players kind of talk about that stuff. But Maybe they should come on our show. Why not? Come on, we're young up-and-comers. Yeah. All 25 listeners. <laughs> don't knock them. We love you. What next? What do you, what do you want to uh, tackle next? Uh, we'll do women in hockey because that'll be fast. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully not for them. Waka waka. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Uh, women in hockey. It's. I think it's great. The more women, the better. I mean, if if you watched the USA Canada Olympic game, mm-hmm. that was one of the greatest hockey games ever, like male or female. Right. It was a great game especially since they don't really hit that was a great game uh as far as women in hockey that are not playing like media wise media wise my only gripe okay is you better know the game like you have to know the thing that i hate when i put on the nhl network is the hosts It'll be like Ken Danico or Dave Lowry or, you know, like the older kind of. And then they'll have just a female there who looks pretty in a nice little dress. And I'm not talking like your Jackie Redmond because she knows her hockey and mm-hmm. shit or your your Christine Simpson or Catherine Tappan. Like they know hockey. Right. Yeah, you, but you just have someone who looks pretty. You have your eye candy to, to be. And a, they don't know the game or they don't know how to pronounce the names. Anzi. Kipitar, like you're embarrassed. You're on the NHL network. Know the names. Right. Know the game. Okay. Like Amanda Stein knows the game. Like if you follow I, her on Twitter, she she gets it. She understands it. She better considering where she came from. Was she from TSN? And she came from Montreal. So you're two for two for hockey. Yeah, and I'm not saying like it's sexist that we hold them to a higher standard. No, I hold. As far as me personally, I hold if you are on TV talking about hockey, you better know the fucking game. You're just not reading a teleprompter or just having yeah. suckable notes on a, on a cue card. Oh, it's it's you know know the sport. You might not have to have a vast history of it or be able to like be like Stan Fischler and talk about 1946 Omaha. Nobody cares, Stan. Everybody that you're talking to is dead. <laughs> Anybody who knows what you're talking about, it's like, true. The the average hockey fan, I think I said this, is somewhere between like 20, and, and I'm not talking about kids who grow up playing and watch. I mean, like someone who pays for money to go to games or buys the NHL package is like 20 to 60. Mm-hmm. Stan, you're bringing up 1945. Nobody. The guy who's 60 may have remembered his dad talking about it, maybe. Right. It's, it's ridiculous. Santa probably is the only person who fucking... Uh, Santa? <laughs> yeah, there's a wow, throwback. Wow, throwback to Santa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 209. But the more women in hockey, the better. Whether they're playing or on the ice or both. Tammy, uh, Cammy Granado. Uh, she better know hockey. Well, she's married to Ray Ferraro, Chicken Parm. It's 
and and it's and it's crazy how in the past I don't know handful of years that female aspect of either reporting social media presence blew up with regards to females in sport. Me too. Movement. I, don't, I don't think so. No, it came before hockey was hockey. I mean, especially again, not just to, to be a devil's thing, but we hired the first female. What was she the play by play or the, the color? Yeah. Um, Sherry Ross. Sherry Ross. Like she was the first in the league and that was in the eighties. And nobody's really done it since. since. Nope. And unfortunately, and they fired her. Devils got rid of her, but she needed to go. She was going to start being like Susie, Susie Waltman. Another woman. But another one, like Susie Waltman. Who's the other one? Deb Placey. Like, mm-hmm. they at least know the game. Right. Like, Deb Placey was, when I was growing up, was the Islanders, Islanders girl. girl. Yeah. And now she's the Devil's girl. Like, she knows the game. As, as much as we <clears throat> hate and bust our chops for is she wearing glasses tonight? Is she not wearing glasses tonight? That stupid stupid face that she has you know it you nitpick the fact that she looks tan in january <laughs> true very true <clears throat> and they're in minnesota <laughs> <laughs> they've been on a 12 game road trip through western canada <laughs> i women in hockey have blown up and it's great that the the women's team won gold right yeah it's now it's the same two teams though i mean it, it's canada good it's, it's good for this continent Every time a woman's team from this continent plays somebody from somewhere else, mm-hmm. it's a fucking blowout. It's not even a game. Wow. Especially like when the U- girls' USA team played like China. Korea's team. Yeah, they, blew, they blew them out in the first couple of minutes. <laughs> but yeah, I, look, as much as people may want to complain about, like if they follow uh, the Devil's Amanda Stein and saying, oh, I've seen enough comments where it's like, well, if you don't like the comments about my shoes in July when there's absolutely no hockey around, you can unfollow my account. And you don't have to be a pretty face. Know know the game. Know the game. Like, Sherry Ross was not a pretty face. Okay? But she knew the game. That's what got her the job. Mm -hmm. There should be more people like that. Yep. And you look and you look at the names that we kind of put on here, man. The Stein, obviously, up up and comer. Julie Robinheimer. She was the first Amanda Stein. And then she went off to something else. But then you look at Christine Simpson and Catherine Tappan. They've been there for years. Right. As soon as what? It it started on NBC MSN. Right. Versus <laughs> Old Spike. Uh no, yeah, what was it? Uh the Outdoor Living. Outdoor Network. Yes. They were original. They they were there. They've been there. So Good for more them. Women in hockey, more better. And not from a, even from a sexist point of view. No. We could have gone there, but we didn't. Yeah, I'm not, uh, what the hell is his name, Bobby Riggs? <laughs> All right. It's a little history for your kids to look that up. History. See, that's what that's what you listen to on our show. History. All right. So let's 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 hit the big topic here. Because you, you've, I think you've been kind of eager to put this one on there. It was kind of. This was talked about throughout the summer before we started this. It was probably one of the first notes we had on our cumulative yeah. show prep list. So why don't you go ahead and uh, you can introduce the, this. The NFL versus the NHL handling the anthem taking a knee. Um, has, I, the, has the NHL done or said anything publicly? They, I don't publicly, recall. they support players 
right to express themselves. Secretly, from things that I've read online, right, they don't want the league, they don't want the players to do it during the anthem. If you want to talk about it in an interview, fine. If you want to post about it on social media, the NHL's fine. They don't want it during the anthem. And the only time it happened this year was TJ Brown, JT Brown. What did he do? I don't, I don't uh, recall. It was during the first couple of games of the season. He was playing with the Lightning. Um, and when the anthem went on, he was on the bench. And if you don't know, JT Brown is an African-American player. Um, he put his hand up in the air with the fist. Okay. Put his head down. And that's it. He was still standing with his teammates. He, you know, he just put his fist up kind of like Jesse Owens did in, in the Berlin Olympics. Mm-hmm. And after that, he said he received death threats via being online and, and messages and stuff. Um, the problem with making a protest like that in the NHL, if you're black or if you're gay or whatever, the problem with that is this is an old country club league where look at everybody who runs the teams. They've all been there for years and years and years. Your Harry Sindens, your Lamarillos, the, you know, the old school crew mm-hmm. that runs it. They don't want to rock the boat. Don't bring like the NHL should be the don't bring attention to us league, good or bad. Mm-hmm. And that's what they want. They want their little niche. They, they don't want, the want niche, to right? be on the regular news right? for good or bad. And when you have somebody like JT Brown do this, it it puts the NHL in a place where they're kind of like a cat in a corner. They don't know what to do. Do we support him? Do we not support him? Do we do we not do anything? Do we, do we fine him? Do we not do right. anything? And this year, the NHL pretty much did nothing about it. And he went away. Like, it, like it stopped. It, right. He didn't play the next, like, six games after he was scratched. Healthy scratch? Yep. And then he was sent to, like, the minors. And then he got traded. And then he signed this year in Minnesota. Okay. Um, but there were people who were outspoken about it. The Vegas owner, Bill Foley, said that, if JT Brown was on his team, he wouldn't be playing to disrespect the anthem like that. I don't think it's disrespecting the anthem. I, I will agree with you on that. Like and- he stood up. It wasn't like, you know, and to be honest with you, as someone who teaches history, especially the constitution, mm-hmm. if you want to take, I, I may be different than you. You're a football guy. I, I'm not. If you want to take a knee during the anthem, Go ahead. It's part of the First Amendment. Freedom of expression. If you think you're disrespecting the flag by taking a knee, then you don't really know what that flag stands for. I, I totally agree with you on that. I, in, from, from an NFL standpoint, what I would consider disrespecting the flag, um, like Marshawn Lynch, right? he's, on, he's on my favorite team on the Raiders, right? He sat on the bench. Okay. Like, if, you're, if you turn your back to it, if you do something, like if you're kneeling, it doesn't bother me. If you're sitting on the bench, okay, you're bend, you're bending my, you know, whatever. Um, but it's not disrespecting the flag. 
to me is almost like what remember back in um, um, Major League Baseball way back in the eighties or, or nineties, uh, Roseanne Barr. Oh, her sang, butchering the anthem, butchering the anthem, and at the end of it, grabbing her crotch and spitting, trying to emulate a, a baseball player. To me, that's disrespectful. If you're going to kneel or if you're going to have your fist in the air and things like that, I'm okay with that. The other part of it is understand why they're doing it. Don't yeah. just go you're you're disrespecting. He's not disrespecting the flag. He's he's using that as a as a st- as a stepping stone or, or a podium to you're, go. Look, there are social injustices that I want you to ask me about, so it's right. made public. And and on, and on the other end of it, in my preference, would be the league to go where quote unquote you are, if those are the injustices, I want to work with you or a group yeah, that you're in fate right, that you're in, in, in working with to so help the, to, to to you know bring it right. out. The difference between the NFL and the NHL is ninety percent of the players in the NFL are black. Right. And in the NHL I think the number is like eighty. Right. Not eighty percent. Eighty people. Okay. Um the thing with our league is, and kind of piggybacking on what you said about when you're a professional athlete, you do have a spotlight where you can bring people or, or make things aware of social injustices that are going on, whether it's that or, or get like, how come there has never been in the four major sports, a professional athlete that's come out gay? Like literally come out like like yeah like I'm gay like hi how are you? There was the the one guy in the NFL, but I think he came yeah, out after Michael, he left. Michael, whatever his name was. Yeah, and but he did it after he left or in, when he was in, like in the Canadian league. No, so he was drafted. He, before he the, was drafted, he, oh, came, he came, out came out and said I was gay, and like they said he was like supposed to be one of the best uh, college cornerbacks, and he went in like the sixth round and never made the team or whatever. Um, the things with these leagues are they're very old school. All of them, even in the locker room, uh, especially in the NHL, they never say anything controversial in an interview. And think about the people who have with these sloppy seconds. What'd they do to them? They fucking sent them to rehab. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Roenick. Some people will say Jeremy Roenick's not in the Hall of Fame. He will say, I read an article, he'll say he's not in the Hall of Fame. Because he got like questions in one game. He got elbowed in the head and the refs didn't call it. And he went on TV and said, Gary Batten, wake up. That these players, concussions are causing problems. He's not going to be in the Hall of Fame, right? Because he opened his mouth. And even when you say things. That are controversial. or out But of- not controversial, just to be funny. Like when Thomas Hurdle scored the four goals against the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And he shot the puck between his legs. And they asked Joe Thornton, like, you oh, know. What do you think about that? You know, do you think it was showboating? And his answer was something like, if I could do that and I scored four goals as a 20-year-old kid, I'd whip my dick out. And he said, it wasn't like I'd whip my penis out. He flat out like in the microphone went, I'd whip my dick out. And like people like, oh my God, like that's who Joe Thornton is. Right. You want to see what it's like to be in an NHL or any locker room. That's the way it is. Right. And you know, if you're an African-American player in the NHL, there's there's a good chance there's nobody in that room that knows what you're feeling. 
what you've been through, what your past has been. Your like your specific, not going right. back into history books. Your specific one. No, but not even that. What they're going through being a black player playing this game. There aren't many teams that have more than one African American player on their team. So it's not like like I remember when the Devils we had a a good number of African Americans. You had Bryce Salvador, we had Johnny Oduya, we had Sean Kevin, Brown. Kevin Weeks. Kevin Weeks. And they were all on the same team. I mean, we used to say, like, we're the only team in the league that you could put five black guys on the ice. Mm-hmm. But there aren't many teams that are like that. And and JT Brown was the only black guy on Tampa Bay. And, and, then, he, and then look what happened. Yeah. The, 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 the league lashed out quietly, obviously. Probably behind closed doors mm-hmm. was told, hey, yeah. sit this guy for a couple of games. And get rid of him. And, or, if, or if he, you know, barks up or whatever and get rid of him. It, it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad that it's 2018. And we're still fighting this. And it's like the Civil War ended 10 years ago. Right. And that's from two white guys right now. Mm-hmm. Level-headed white guys. I would say we're level-headed. What do you think? Yeah. More or less. <laughs> I guess. It is. It, Unless you're standing in the fucking stairs looking at your ticket, not knowing where your seat is, you're then right. I'm not level-headed. No? <laughs> or if you yell shoot on the power play from the crowd. They can't hear you. <laughs> they can't. I'm they, sorry. They might on a Tuesday against yeah. the crappiest team, but... Not from where you're sitting. Oh, the little quips we have. Yeah, so, yeah, anthem-wise. Here's an idea. Like, if I'm the NFL and you're having issues with your players taking the don't show the anthem on TV. But then one of the, one of the arguing points, too, is that then the NFL basically buy the fact that players had to come out on the field at the beginning of a game and, and, and show patriotism and stuff to the flag. So it... Who pays attention during the anthem? Not many. No. It's a piss break. It's a snack break. It's a whatever. Not even. Like, having gone to games, different sports, like, when the anthem goes on, my thing is you should stop walking. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, just stop walking. Take your hat off. Just stand there. But most of the time, if you look at the – when the lights go down at a hockey game and the anthem starts – Look around and look at how many phone screens you see lit up. Because mm-hmm. people don't pay attention. It's like, it's like Bray Wyatt and the lightning bugs. Yeah. Or fireflies, sorry. Yeah. It, it really is. So just don't show it on TV. That's my idea. I don't know. That's a good point, though. If the NFL does that, you owe money to Dave. Oh, how much? 10%, 15%? Yeah, of every, of, of every gate of every game on every Sunday. I'll, I'll give you the Mondays and, I'll the, give Thursdays you the, Mondays. and the Thursdays <laughs> and the occasional Saturday. I'll game. even take the Super. You can you can just keep the Super Bowl too. Wow, you wow, that's a lot of dough. That's all right. I'm not a greedy man. You just want enough to live comfortably. Yep. I, I get it. All right. All right. What else? Before we get rocks and tomatoes thrown at us for getting on a serious topic on the podcast. Know. Seriously. Um. Let's see what else. What teams? Take a step back, I guess. Sure. I hate to say it. I think the Devils. You th- yeah. All right. Is it barely making the playoffs or not making the playoffs? I don't think we make the playoffs. Not even barely? It there Again, I think there's too many question marks. Can Taylor Hall do it? 
Is Nico going to go through a sophomore jinx? Is Corey going to be Corey or is Corey going to be, oh shit, let me put in Keith Kincaid now? Okay. Um, is our defense going to stand up? That's a lot of questions. And we're, we're mentioning this in, in July, last day of July, right? Some of those questions can be answered by trades, by signings, what have you, or simply a really freaking hot start to the first half of the season. But as of right now, they've lost players, at least one, at least one player that could make some sort of difference. You have an injured starting goalie from the playoffs, Maroon. Yeah, no, but I don't. I don't see Maroon as losing somebody because we're really gaining Mojo, Marcus Johansson. All right, okay. Um, Corey's not going to be Corey to start the season potentially, so you're losing that. And who? And Kincaid has been on one year, off the next. On one year, this could be his off year because that's how the last three have gone. Remember the couple years ago, he had a great, and we're like, oh my god, Keith Kincaid, Keith Kincaid, he got a contract, and it's like. Ugh, Keith Kincaid in. Ugh. Yeah, but he probably thought, all right, I'm not going to have to worry about playing. Like, That's true. If you're a backup goalie, think about the numbers of backup goalies that sat behind Patrick Waugh and, and Brodeur, especially when Brodeur was going through his playing 78 <laughs> games a season. Scott Clements, and he's like, is my contract per game, per diem? <laughs> Scott Clements should have just been sitting on the bench eating popcorn. and He's a goalie coach now somewhere, too. Yeah, in, in the Devils uh, Is he, yeah. uh, minor leagues. A roving instructor. All right, so you so you think the Devils are And gonna... I think the Golden Knights. I don't really? Think Vegas can keep... They lost an entire line. Okay, they lost... Uh... Neil. Okay. And who's the other guy on that line? It was Eric Halla, Neil, and Perron. Where'd Perron go? Back to St. Louis for the third fucking time. Hopefully he's got no trade clause in his next deal. Okay, Devils in Vegas. So the two teams that we were all excited about hopefully making a Stanley Cup run. Both teams. Okay. And the bottom four teams, I think, would be the Islanders. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Vancouver is going to be pretty bad. And Ottawa. Montreal. Ottawa is the creme de la creme of going to be the bad teams. But even if they keep Carlson. Okay, so you say the Islanders would be the the fourth best of the last four? Yeah, because, I mean, they still have... A good core. A decent, yeah, okay. a decent core. You know, Barzell is good. Their defense is, I mean, the skill of their defensemen mm-hmm. is pretty good. Plus, in all honesty, you have Barry Trotz, okay? You, so you have some kind of level of respect coming in as a coach, so you know you have to right. up your game. Like, a Stanley Cup coach just quit, basically. To come here. To come here. So you have to step up your game. All right, so you said it was the Islanders? Vancouver, Montreal, and then... The star of the shit shows, the Ottawa Senators. Was it a running joke that how, how many team, how many Canadian teams are making the playoffs this year and it was like zero year after year? Uh, or was it at least one of the... Winnipeg will make it. Calgary will probably make it. I would be willing to bet Toronto makes it. No. Wouldn't it be funny? Wouldn't it be funny? If they just if the hockey gods just go okay, because no, the hockey uh, gods uh. would then bounce the ball of the lottery pick, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so then you would have Nylander, you would have no, you would have <laughs> Jack Hughes, who's going to be the first round pick next year, Tavares, Tavares, and Austin Matthews as your three centers, with Nazem Kadri as your fourth line center. That's like that's like the Yankees of hockey. Yep. Wow. Okay. 
So just to review there, what teams take a step back? You said the Devils in Vegas. I would agree on uh, I would agree on Vegas, maybe. Devils-wise? Well, we're talking about teams that were in the playoffs that might not be in it. Those are my two that I think. And, we barely, and the Devils barely made it. Mm-hmm. I ain't saying we, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, and your bottom four from the bottom up, Ottawa, Montreal, Vancouver, and the Islanders. You, Montreal's going to be that bad? Yeah. They still have Price. They have Pacioretty. For now. Yeah, keep going. Uh, who else is up there? Mm-hmm. Schlemko's still up there? <laughs> if you have to name Schlemko as one of the players. That, in the top hey, three. that might turn Montreal's career season around. Oh, yeah, Shea Weber's gone for, what, six months? Yep. Plus. Yeah, exactly. So Brendan Gallagher breaks his hand every year, so he's out for at least 25 games a year. Okay. The Sedins are gone from Vancouver. And and they just turned over their coaching staff, too, name, right? Right, and named Vancouver's goalie. No. no. No idea. Wasn't it Alex Ald this year? It's going to be a rookie. It's going to be that the kid from BC, uh, Thatcher, mm-hmm. Demakos or something, some Greek kid. Great. Throw him to the fire. Good. Yep. Oof. All right. Do we want to do uh, the Mount Rushmore thing? Yeah, let's do that. So we can talk. We, we can start properly we, about wrestling today. Yeah, yeah, we can start that. All right. So there have been segments on other shows about if you had to make a Mount Rushmore of every team, and you could only put four players on it. Okay. Who would they be? And we have this week's. We, we can do. We we're, can we're do, a do four. Yeah, we're gonna do four a week. Or one week we'll actually have to do five. That's fine. Um, again, these are this is my opinion. It's not anybody you know. I didn't cut and paste this off the internet. I'm mm-hmm. not in college anymore. Um, but Anaheim, <clears throat> you'd, you'd have to have Timu Solani. Uh, you have to have Paul Correa. Okay. I would say you have to have John Sebastian Jaguar. I mean, he did win the Conn Smythe, even though they didn't win the cup. And even though he wasn't really, and I'm going to try not to repeat players. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Like, so like, I would say you have to put Niedermeyer on there because he really did turn that team around. Are the devils Niedermeyer or his brother? No, Scott Niedermeyer, not Rob Niedermeyer. (laughs) Listen, sometimes people got to say, okay. Well, yeah. All right, fine. I'll say Rob Niedermeyer because he convinced (laughs) his brother, Scott Niedermeyer to come. Uh, Arizona. Shane Doan. Uh, Arizona's a tough what because they haven't done. I'm only using Arizona. I'm not using the Winnipeg Jets of Don't, former years. We have the Winnipeg's down on the list for later shows. Yeah, but this Arizona was Winnipeg. Uh, I have Oliver Ekman Larson. Teppo Newmanen. Probably not a name if you're not a hockey fan from the nineties. You have any idea who he is. Wow. Uh, very good stay at home defenseman. I actually put five when when one. did when did Arizona become Arizona uh, for for that guy to be on that list? Because it, it must have been at the beginning. Well, Tepo Newman started in Winnipeg, right? And I mean, I moved. could have put Dale Howarchuk. You could have put uh, you could have put Timu technically for Arizona because when they were Winnipeg, mm. he was their big. No, it's it's the Yotes, uh, Jeremy Roenick and Kachuk. Those those are the big guys that when I think of Arizona, 
as someone who watched hockey from the 80s when they were Winnipeg through, that's those big. Now, when it gets to the original six teams, it's so hard. Of course. Because, I mean, my friends in Massachusetts are probably going to flip out. Oh, you didn't you didn't put uh, Patrice Bajeron on it, you know, like. Bajeron. <laughs> With the accent, really? No, it's it's Bobby, uh, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Orr. Or. Uh, okay, it's a quick story on Bobby Orr. Right? As flipping through channels, I, I came up on um, Yankeeography or, or um, Center Stage. Sorry, yeah. um, they had Bobby Orr on. It was right I, before his book came out. When did his book come out? Two thousand fourteen. Yeah, I read it on the way to Italy. As I'm watching this, I am so, and this was like kind of right after the Stanley Cup Files ended or during the thing. I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm like, holy sh! I love Bobby Orr. I went and got his book, and then all of a sudden I read, I look at the, I do the guide, and the fucking joke was on in 2014, and I'm sucked in, and I'm buying Bobby Orr's book. Yep. Four it's a good years book. later. It's just good based book. off of his interview. It's a little preachy, but it's a good book. It, the story of Bobby Orr, how he rose to be a great NHL player. His agent robbed him blind. Yep. Mike, uh, Mike Eagleson. I think the, his name the, was. The two have not spoken since. And now Bobby Orr is an agent for the NHL for, for pretty big players, and he's basically recouping his lost money yeah. in, 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 in leaps and bounds. So yeah. that's your quick Orr story. All right, so for Boston, you have Orr. Ray Bork. Okay. Uh, Phil Esposito. And you have to name Cam Neely. And I like, I always like Cam Neely. You have to. You, so, okay, so you wouldn't put, and I think this ties into your whole rough, a rough situation to name. You wouldn't put um, Chara. Tu, Tuka Rask and, and Chara on there? No, not yet. I mean, again, if you could add more than four players. And that's what makes it tough, yeah. Yeah, but then other people would say, well, what about, you know, Derek Sanderson or Rick Middleton? Like these guys from the '70s mm-hmm. that built that franchise up with Orr, it, it's tough when you get to original teams. Right. Like Detroit, this is going to be ridiculous next week when I have to try to do Detroit in my head. Good luck. Yep. Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo. No, <laughs> Jack Eichel is not on this list. He could. Uh, Gilbert Perot for uh, part of their famous French Connection line. Phil Housley was a kid out of high school who played for them. And some may argue the greatest American defenseman to ever play the game. All right. Uh, Patty La 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 Fontaine. See, I always hear La... And for some reason, La Fontaine, and I always think the Islanders. The Islanders. Yeah, but he had great years. I mean, and Dominic Hasek. I, I was a toss-up between Dominic Hasek and Alex Mogilman. But Dominic Hasek had a bigger... Bigger, bigger impact. Okay. Got them to the Stanley Cup Finals. But there we go. There's your there so there's your Mount Rushmore. Okay. Next week is gonna be what? Detroit? Chicago. Oh. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Let's play that Stanley Cup. Edmonton. Edmonton's another tough one. I can name And McDavid won't even be on that list. No. I can name two already. I mean, easy. Yeah, but do I do you put Mark Messier on Edmonton, or do you put Mark Messier on the Rangers? Who did he have a bigger impact? It hurt more with the Rangers, obviously. But he but had a bigger impact for them. 
Did Gretzky have a big impact for the Rangers too? No, he wouldn't be on. I put Gretzky on Edmonton. Okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. <laughs> wow. All right. So there you go. So uh, we're going to try to do that segment um, for the remaining of the weeks here. And uh, if you have any comments, you can always email us at hsskpodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us hssk. Well, I mean, at least I monitor the emails. Yeah. All right. So wrestling. Oh, man. Well, okay. Big three people died. Not I, just two. I know, but you know what? Nobody really cares about the third guy because he was in the seventies, and, yeah. and I didn't. They didn't even put him up on Raw yesterday. But I say, but there's only there's only one way to to, to start off this segment, and it's by this. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Volkov requests <laughs> that you all rise and respect his singing of the Soviet national. Get to learn that. It, it, it's crazy how. And he was like Yugoslavian. <laughs> hey, man, he pulled it off. Very good. Uh, the old MSG with the Sheik. <laughs> People throwing things in the ring. Classy Freddy Blassie. Classy. Yeah. And then Nikolai Volkov was sold. Ooh. Yeah, when they wanted to kind of limit Freddie Blassie, uh-huh. they sold Nikolai Volkov and I want to say it was the Iron Sheik to the Master of Style, Slick. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! Um, it's sad. I mean, Nikolai Volkov was old. He was 70? seventy years old. Um, I saw him. And he was still wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for for seventy hundred and seventy dollars a, a freaking night at a at a some bingo hall, not ECW bingo hall. But never, the, never more than a uh, tag team champion. I saw him once uh, when I was vacationing down the shore in Jersey here at a baseball card convention kind of thing they always hold, and he was sitting there, and I was like, "Do I do it? Do I go and give him the, the twenty five dollars and get an autograph?" No. <sighs> I fought with myself. I go, ah, you know what? I'll go back later. He's only there a goddamn hour. Yeah, I missed start him. singing memories, right? And then he died two weeks later. No, it wasn't recent. It was a couple of years ago. You know who I did get, though? Brian Christopher? No. The Fink. The Fink will do weddings, by the way. He asked me where I lived. I'm like, you're not going to know. I go to Northern Jersey. He goes, no, 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 no. What town? I named the town. He goes, oh, that's near this, 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 this. And I'm like. I had a college professor who did that. I, literally, like, we were just talking. And I just wanted to get a, an auto, a photograph with him. The moment he started naming time, like, dude, here, here's like 30 bucks, man. Just sign one of them. I don't care. <laughs> you earned it. <laughs> My buddy went to a wedding, and the Fink did the introduction of the wedding party. Oh, wow. Nice. And they all came out like wrestlers. <laughs> That's a good theme. Yep. Yeah, so Nikolai Volkov of 70, I would assume of natural causes. Natural for wrestling, but yeah, yeah. natural. Well, I don't think he did. Listen, he was a what? Barely a mid-card tag team champ. Both of these guys were barely mid-card. Okay. Well, so and growing up in the 80s, all you had to do was have a Russian accent. You were a heel. I don't think you needed steroids for that. And then on the other hand, as we open the show with, with the uh, this gentleman's uh, opening theme from the Attitude Era, Brian Christopher, uh, Jerry Lawler's kid. Grandmaster Sexy. 
passed away because he hung himself in jail for DWI. Yeah. Well, it wasn't like he got pulled over for DWI and then they, he also led them on a police chase. Okay. Maybe you do what? If you if it's like a first offense, maybe what six months? Come on, come on! You're gonna be doing the worm. You're looking at the, do the uh, worm. That was Scotty too high. I know, but these you know, <laughs> these are guys in there for twenty years. Oh no, you're the wrestler, man. To do the worm. No one was gonna fuck with him anyway. He was still built like a brick shit house. What? Okay, so you just think about it, right? Jerry Lawler, man, had a heart attack on air. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, like the next like hour and a half, hour forty five minutes of Raw had no announcers, because the show the show still went on. Nobody announced it. That was the weirdest show I've ever seen. Because I started reading stuff online, he had a heart attack. I'm like, no way. Yeah, and then everybody went on like YouTube to try to see like, can you see the video of, <laughs> of when he collapsed? Yeah. Um, and then his whole thing, the Jerry Lawler's thing with with Kitty, and 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 his whole screw-ups and everything. Yep. What a f- screwed-up family, man. It happens. Oh. It happens. Brian Christopher. You have to think there's more to it. Oh, of course. Other than I, yeah. getting arrested for DUI. Something had to come out. You're, they're going to do a CTE scan on him. Oh, oh, yeah. Find out his... And he, cause, because he probably tried doing the worm once and he hit his head on a turnbuckle a la Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, shit happens. Ding. <laughs> um... Other things about wrestling, just to kind of talk about last night's Raw. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it? A little bit of it. I'll tell you, the only thing that was worth watching was the Brock segments. Where he basically, a, a heel turned heel. On... He turned super heel. <laughs> like, where he's like, you need to go out. And he's reading, like, guns and ammo. He's like, no. <laughs> it made me think, because of the story we did the other time when, when was last week or the week before where like he came out on the UFC event and challenged like the heavyweight yeah. champ and, and I'm they, sitting there they going they brought that up did they? they're like he doesn't have the time I, I don't know if it was Roman I think it was Roman probably Reigns. Roman and he said like he doesn't have the time to come out here for you fans to you know the, wrestle or whatever but he's got the time to go to UFC and challenge for a title they are really really pulling back the fourth wall on this shit I, I, I totally understand that wrestling they, is fake and everything else but you usually didn't like you may reference something like that, like every once in a while, like when Roman Reigns got the uh, the drug. Yeah, and some, they, somebody and they quickly. It up. Yeah, but Cena brought it up, and then that was it. Well, because Cena can, but it, it it just makes me think that he's leaving. Oh, he's def- they're, they're destroying his character. Yeah, online so that he's gone, and there's no way you can come back from that. None. No. Well, well, I mean, he's is. what he's in his mid forties, right? I mean, look, if no, they, yeah, I mean, he's he's. I think he's just under forty. If Dave Bautista can come back twice, yeah, he ain't coming back though. Uh, no, but I I could see Brock coming back, but not anytime soon. Now, I was having a conversation with my friend Chris yesterday. There's a shout out for you, Chris, um, about what they should do. And what they should do is at SummerSlam have. Paul Heyman turn on Brock and help Roman Reigns. There's there's like already, like you can already smell those rumors. Right. Well, they showed it again last night with him being tossed around and mm -hmm. right. Have Roman win the title at SummerSlam. Okay. Have him throw his arms up, hug Paul Heyman. You know, you're the new beast. This is your yard, blah, blah, blah. 
And then you hear, Roar! and Braun comes down, runs down, hit him with the briefcase, pin him, takes the belt. Take the belt. Yeah. And there you go. Roman, you're not going to be a champion. No. We're just constantly going to find different ways to screw you. And Roman comes out and says, you know, that on Monday after SummerSlam, comes I, out and says, the I tried to be your friend. I tried to get you guys on my side. The hell with you. Now I have my mouthpiece or my advocate. And Paul Heyman comes out and just bad mouths everybody. And that's how you turn Roman Reigns heel. But, and this bleeds into the love-hate relationship thing. And it goes back to a lot of stuff that a lot of people have said. You forced Roman Reigns down everybody's throat to saying he's the next guy. Just like they did with Cena. But look what happened to Cena in the end. Now it's the, you know, let's go Cena, Cena sucks thing. Now it's a gag. It was real for a time, and now it's just a gag because... You know, the 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 raw after WrestleMania crowd that started in Brooklyn. Or no, it was it was in New Jersey. It was in Newark. We started that shit. <laughs> but he embraced it. That's the difference. Like right. he did the like you know he almost did the Hogan like oh, yeah. let me put yeah, my hand up it. I can't hear you. Right. Where Roman Reigns they constantly do the like he's pissed off that they're doing it. Have him be a heel. Even when the Rock turned heel. He, he was, was still like, a fan favorite. He was still a fan favorite, but you at least his now yeah. you like him being a douchebag. Yes. And I think the fans would, I don't want to say they would turn with Roman, but they, they would they at would. least be excited at the possibilities of the fact that he's a bad guy. Yeah. And I, now you get the opportunity to push somebody else as a face. But, okay, but then you have Braun Strowman. Right. And you have him and Braun. But you can't. See, uh, that's where it's probably headed. You did, you totally annihilate the Braun Strowman character. They've already done that. Well, with him being with him being a tag partner with some random fucking kid in the crowd. Yeah, that, that, he's that a did. beast. He's a monster. Oh wait, he's got a little boy in the ring. It's cute. Like you destroyed his momentum. Uh, and then then they made him tag with Alexa Bliss. Yeah, and then uh, he was flipping over ambulance on people. The next and night. the next night he's wrestling with a fucking seven year old. I know. I it's it's tough. It's stupid. It, it is, but that whole like love hate kind of thing I, with Roman Reigns, they shoved it down their throats and nobody liked it. That's just the way that this fan base of wrestling is now. It's like no, we want it this way or no way at all. Speaking of no way at all, <laughs> ding ding. Rehashing of wrestling gimmicks. Oh, it's the same shit over. If you've watched wrestling for more than twenty years, twenty years, which which is really me, because I really only took back on to it in like ninety seven, ninety eight. I'll roll it to the eighties when I was watching it on Sundays. Okay, I can add to this list that we have. Oh, I, I've added to it as well. Yeah, like, let's, so let's start from the now and work our way back. Like you have the No Way Jose guy. Didn't we see this with Adam Rose? Yes. Didn't we see this with Fandango? Not with Fandango. Fandango was like a solo act, but the Adam Rose and the Rosebuds and or whatever reiteration of his fan conga line was. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you talking about uh, the Ho Train? See, I can't. No, I can't. I can't put Godfather on that list. But I mean, the same thing, like. All right, you're a party guy. We're going to show you. All right, you're a pimp. We're going to have you come out with hoes. You're a party guy. We're going to have you come out. You're a party guy, Adam Rose. We're going to have you come out. Okay. Like, all, right, all right, I'll buy that. 
Fandango was more of a solo act, but still the... He he fell from the ugly tree of like ravishing Rick Rude. <laughs> and, and it's he, a shame because he, he's got a good look to him where he could be a good wrestler. Just, you gave him such a shitty gimmick to come out with. Yes. Like we used to joke that the Fandango thing was funny and all that stuff, but like he they didn't let him evolve into something else. And he, now he's with Tyler Breeze. I mean, Rick Martell. Which... On to further that list from a Fandango to a Rick Martel to uh, who else? Who else was it? I should have changed my escape my mind. And then you have the Destruction Brothers or whatever the hell they are. The the Wyatt family got guys. Oh, the Bludgeon Luke, Brothers. Yeah, the Bludgeon Brothers. That's just demolition. Kane, that, or no, that's just Kane and the oh, Undertaker. And the Undertaker, okay. And you have the the other one. What's the other tag team on Raw? The new, two new guys with they look like the Shield. Yeah, the uh, authors of pain the authors of pain. Oh, you mean three minute warning? <laughs> <laughs> or do you mean demolition? No, demolition is the the other two. The it, it's just <laughs> come up with something yes. new. When well, is there going to be a cop gimmick? Are they going to have a cop gimmick yet, so we could bring back the big boss man? He didn't have a son, so no, he can't. Do no, it. I meant like dead, but no. like <laughs> like at least with which one? Kurt Kurt Henning. Yes, his son is. Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel. At least they didn't try to be like, you're the you're Mr. Perfect's son, and we're going to make you perfect. They did at the beginning, and right. then and then they weaned them off of it. And I finally, it finally clicked the other day when I'm looking through stuff. I'm like, wait, Curtis Axel. Holy shit. Henning's father was the Axe. And then I think, holy shit, they made a character out of, out of his grandfather and father. Holy hell. Yeah, but see, like... <laughs> If you're not an old school wrestling fan, it's Curtis Axel. Like, how many people don't realize that Bo Dallas is fucking Bray Wyatt's brother? You know why that impression is spot on? Because they're brothers. <laughs> and their father is IRS. <laughs> the, the fact that we're at the age that we're at in our, our almost 40s or 40s in general, we have gone through so much where we can go Mike Rotunda from WCW where he was wearing the wrestling outfit to IRS to being the father of Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. And they're not the only ones. I mean, I'm sure people don't realize Randy Orton's dad was a fucking wrestler. Mm -hmm. Bobby Orton. I was actually looking at a a YouTube video of like uh, fathers and son gimmicks, which wasn't really a surprise or anything. I, what I don't get is how could, how could DiBiase's kid not, he had the look. DiBiase. He was a champ for a while, wasn't he? Briefly. Briefly. And, and then, then he went to go do movies, and now he's, like, selling houses or something. You you had the perfect million-dollar kid. You could have ran that gimmick into the ground. You could have... Okay. Which ties back to Nikolai Volkov, because he was part of the million-dollar team, where oh they changed God. the hammer and sickle on his fucking shorts <laughs> to the penny sign. <laughs> See? I do remember. See? It's all coming back now. Like a Celine Dion song. <laughs> Oof. Uh. Best intros and debuts. Uh, the best debut by far. Head and shoulders above okay. everybody else. Before you even say it, do we have the same? Are the initials CJ? Yes. Yes. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Holy in. shit. That I, I have it on a videotape somewhere at home. I don't I, have a VCR anymore, but I still have the videotape. I marked out so bad. And you know what made that awesome? Because that was the time before 
the internet the where you could go online and be like chris jericho signed with wwe where you had like when that clock first started you had no, no idea what the fuck that yeah you know even taz's intro where you played it last week but the taz when he came out of the royal rumble at madison square garden and mm-hmm. beat kurt angle's streak you didn't know that it was taz until maybe about a month before because like the boom boom Right. Like it was just a boom, 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 right. and you like, what the hell was that? Oh, but you know what? They still do that shit. Right. Again, talking about rehashing, they still do like the "I'm coming," like promo. Did the Bray Wyatty kind of thing before he he hit? I mean, it's it, it. I get that it's tough to be original. Yeah. In wrestling today, but come on. Uh the Shockmaster goes up there as one of the best KBs <laughs> ever. I, and I still remember just watching that video and seeing Sting and Flair and Tugboat. Sid. No, Tugboat was the guy. Yeah, and Sid. Watching this happen, and they all cannot hide their laughter enough. No. no. Because they all knew. Oh, this is totally a th- shit show. Th- this The whole thing. Like the six months, the nine months worth of... of writing that that happened just went down the shitter yep the build-up was just right down the toilet right down the toilet just like yeah but wcw was known for that where you had like glacier (laughs) that was big when mortal kombat came out so you had alex wright when he came out is like a a, the german the german dance vampire porn star dude yeah WWE has been better with intros, mm-hmm. but they, they've had some real shitty uh, intros. I, as far as intro total coming into the arena. Taker. Yeah, but that's so fucking old now. When he first did it. Okay. Paul, you know, that's a good impression. He uh, that was good. But like the brood. Oh, that. Yeah. With the, Gangrel the, coming up through and the fire and Edge and Christian. The music alone yep. fit that cult. That it was awesome. Had. And who would have known that Edge and Christian would have gone on to become us. Two, two huge big stars, we, all we, podcasters. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like us. Uh, other intros. Every time you hear the Hardys music, mm. it was kind of when at first, like the, yeah, the when begin, they came yeah. out with Lita. Yeah. That, and that was probably the only reason why. Um, who else had a pretty good intro? I liked Sting's, and I, I know I'm being a homer. I liked WCW Sting. The where you came surfer, out of the ceiling, surfer guy, oh. not crow guy. <laughs> God, do I hate the crow character? Not the wolf pack. God, do I? Why did he continue doing the stupid crow and Joker and all that crap? Stop, dude. Oh, go back. Go back to like Surfer Sting wearing a T-shirt that done. all the old guys do. He said he's done. Can't wrestle anymore. Oh yeah, because he got thrown into a turnbuckle at the at the pay per view and freaking blew yep. his back out. Yep. Yep. Fucking morons. I listen. I'm a. If if you ask me who my favorite wrestler of all time is, Sting. I'm a WCW guy. I like the Attitude Era, but I liked WCW way before. You know, I liked Hogan. I liked Macho Man. And I liked the Warrior. All that kind of crap. But Sting, and then to to have Sting, the WCW stalwart. Right, starting at WWE. Holy shit, what a get. I don't care how old he was. That's a hell of a get. You fucking start him with the crow gimmick? Come on. 
That's what they knew him as. That's, I mean, that's what he's been doing for the last... You could slick back his hair, but put the face paint of the surfer guy on. No, because then he would have had to dye his hair yellow. Blonde. That shit was yellow. Was it? Or was it just his, See, my, his my favorite, pants bleeding into his hair? <laughs> my favorite WCW wrestler was Mr. New Jersey himself. DDP. Oh, God damn. No. My second favorite was Vader after he came over from Japan. DDP, self high five. Oh man. Ugh, why? <laughs> you know why? I'll tell you why. Because I played Nintendo sixty four. Uh-huh. WCW, I think it was Nitro or what, Starcade or whatever the game was. Right. And he had the best finisher because you could hit it anywhere. Oh my! Really? The diamond cutter was the diamond cutter. And for some reason, when I was in college, people called like. The older guys were like, oh, Diamond Dallas Dave. I was like, what the fuck is Diamond Dallas? That was before I started watching wrestling. Okay. Yeah, but you know what, Diamond? You know what that I've thought of? Um, Dave from... Dave uh, Lee Roth? Yeah. But, you know. You know. Yeah, it's... That's it. Yeah, that is it for us. High Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast, Rob and Dave. Get us on Twitter and email us. Thank you for downloading on iTunes. Share with your friends. Share. Please share. We love you people. We out until next week. Toodles. See you.